Welcome to Design 30. My name is Jason Bilyeu, and in this podcast, I provide design strategies and tools to improve creativity, innovation, and overall design confidence. Hey everyone, this is another episode of Fake Facts, Real Answers. So this is when I come up with some fake, frequently asked questions, uh, but I do give you real answers to that. Before we dive into those, please, as always, subscribe to the podcast, uh, rate it on whatever podcatcher app you use, and also, if you could, if you enjoy it, please share it on social media, share it with your friends, uh, maybe even share it with your coworkers. So that is one of the best ways to help support the podcast. All right, let's dive into these questions. The first question is, how often do your design skills come in handy around the house? Well, this is a good question because actually just the other day, uh, I was having some issues with one of my toilets in the house. And what happened was there was some small uh, plastic piece in kind of the flushing mechanism inside the back of the toilet that had gotten pretty old and had worn out, snapped off. So then every time we flushed, it would like essentially spray the bottom side of that, the, the lid of the back of the toilet. Uh, you all know what I'm talking about. It would basically spray that so then there'd just be this water kind of dripping out the sides of the toilet which that is clean water so it's not that big of a deal Uh, but in any case you don't want water just dripping randomly inside your bathroom that's not going to lead to anything good so so what i did is i actually took that part that had broken and it had a little threaded portion i was like well i still need to keep that threaded portion because I don't know what those threads are. I'm not going to be able to probably find a matching thread. So I kept that part and then I just 3D printed a little brim, essentially a little part to replace what had broke that would also fit into this uh, threaded portion that I'd salvaged from the toilet. And so I printed that part, plugged in the threaded piece, threaded it back on, and it's actually been working really well. Now there's still a few other issues with that toilet, which uh, I don't need to get into here, but, but for the most part, being able to 3d print that and we'll come up with a design solution first of all, and 3d print it and implement it, uh, was pretty handy. And so I was able to fix that problem. And uh, I did, it took me 3d printing two parts. The first part didn't work. Uh, but even with that, it probably took me I don't know, a total of 15, 30 minutes. And it was also kind of fun. Toilet was fixed. So that was one way it's come in handy. I've used the, it's been mainly the 3D printer, to be honest, that I've used to do little fixes around the house. So I just design it in my CAD software real quick, Fusion 360, throw it on 3D printer, and I'm good to go. Things I've also fixed in the past, uh, I've fixed a chair, essentially just printed a little dowel piece to uh to glue together a few uh, parts. And what is what is that little cross beam called on a chair? Is there a name for that? There probably is. But anyways, it was repairing one of those on a small chair we had. Uh, and then I've also used it to, or used my 3D printer to fix my car window, believe it or not. 
uh, back in the day, I had uh, an old uh, Chevy Trailblazer, and one of the windows actually, uh, the there's a cable in there that allows you to raise and lower the window. That's how you roll it up and roll it down, and that cable got all jacked up. I'm not even sure exactly what happened, but somehow the window came off the little carriage, and the cable in there got almost completely destroyed. So my window was stuck down and I had no way to get it up. So what I ended up doing was I 3D printed a little part that essentially just held the window fully in the up position, which I realized didn't totally fix the problem. I, I was planning on buying a new little window carriage. I think it's called a window carriage. I don't remember exactly, but buying a new one of those and replacing it. But to, to fix it in the meantime, I just 3D printed this little part it held the window completely up so I didn't have to have some sort of random tape job going on on the window or taping a plastic bag in the window. We've all, we've all got our different ways of solving it, but, but this one ended up working out pretty well and again was a really nice use of my 3D printer as well as my CAD software. So that, those are just a few ways that my current design skills have come in handy around the house. Next question, let's see. What are your thoughts on threads now compared to when it launched? So many of you who've been listening will know that when threads first launched, I was actually fairly positive about it. I thought it was kind of a cool, uh, a cool idea. I mean, I liked, I just got on Twitter a few months before that and was enjoying it, but I kind of liked it when it first launched, there was some good energy. There was a lot of just energy around people doing creative work, which was pretty encouraging. Um, Twitter, of course, has has a tendency to go more towards the political. Um, there's definitely some bots and threads. I mean, there's I'm sure there's a ton of bots there as well. But when it first started, it had kind of a cool vibe to it. Uh, I was excited about uh, where it was going. It had a friendly environment. But then it really just it really just tanked, to be honest. And now I hardly hardly ever go on the app, and it seems like hardly any other people do either. When you look at some of these huge accounts that are on Threads, they get hardly any likes, hardly any interaction, very few comments. So unfortunately, it seems like Threads has really uh, I don't know it's really taken a nosedive. I don't know if it will have a resurgence. I think the issue here is people who people who are on Instagram or people who are on Facebook weren't really looking for something like threads or right? or else they would have been on Twitter. If that's what they wanted, they would have been on Twitter. So I don't think it really was filling a need. I don't think there was a need there for it. I think it, it seemed as though uh, perhaps Meta had hired a lot of these engineers from Twitter and they thought this would maybe a good idea, maybe it'd be a good way to compete with Twitter. But in the end, it seems like there just really wasn't much of a need there. People don't, it wasn't something that people were looking for, not something that people evidently were really valuing. So uh, I, I think my opinion now on threads would be, it was, it started off, I thought pretty cool, pretty interesting. I thought maybe it could become a thing, uh, but now it really seems like it has, it's probably, it's probably died, it's probably done. And so... If you were on threads exclusively, it might be time to migrate over to Twitter. 
Okay, moving on to the next question. How can UX and UI design principles be applied to mechanical design or physical products? So you may have seen, I tweeted about this uh, yesterday, I believe, but I actually think there are a lot of ways that UX and UI principles can be directly related to or directly used in mechanical design or the design of physical products. And there's two principles that come to mind right away. And I have them here in my universal principles of design book. The first one is Hicks law. And this one I think totally makes sense, obviously for a lot of UI UX, but also for a lot of physical design of products. So this one, the definition of the law is the time it takes to make a decision increases as the number of alternative or alternatives increase or the number of alternatives increases. So as you have a lot of different decisions you need to make or a lot of options for decision, then the time it takes is going to go up. And so a few quick examples are you could think of road signs. You could think of a menu with a ton of different options and items on it. Uh, looking at your device settings, if there's so many different device settings, it's going to take you a long time to figure out which settings actually uh, you really want, which ones are going to be best for you in the way that you use uh, your device. Um, braking is another one. So, so the time it takes for a driver to press the brake to avoid hitting an unexpected obstacle increases if there's a clear opportunity to steer around the obstacle. And that's directly from this book, Universal Principles of Design. So there's a lot of different different ways that this can be implemented. A lot of, in a lot of ways, it just needs to be something that you think about as you're designing a product. And then another law that I think is also very similar, uh, also from this book, is Fitz Law. And this one says, it's the time required, or the, the time required to move to a target is a function of the target size and the distance to the target. And so one of the examples I gave here, because I actually did an episode on this a while back, was an emergency stop button on a piece of equipment, uh, such as like a table saw, anything like that. Any situation where there's something that's potentially dangerous, and if something goes wrong, you need to be able to shut it down you know, as close to instantly as possible. And so the e-stop button is a great example of how you can apply Fitz Law. You wanna make this something that is big and you wanna make it close because that's gonna decrease the time it takes to actually find it and hit that button and potentially save limbs, save lives, uh, get whatever, maybe just save your workpiece. Could be something as simple as that, but it's a very, very important application and it's 100% related to the design of products that are physical and not necessarily all UI UX design, which is often thought of being more digital, whether it's apps or websites, that kind of stuff. It's definitely applicable to all sorts of different physical products and mechanical design. And now on to the last question, which I know is the one you're all, you've all been waiting for. And this one says, are you related to Tom Bilyeu? And if you don't know who Tom Bilyeu is, he uh, was one of the co-creators of the quest bar uh, i believe it was him and his wife and a few other people and then they ended up selling that for i think it was somewhere around a billion dollars so he's a very wealthy person uh 
I, me and my friends often joke, uh, like for a long time now, we've always joked about my last name, Bill You. They would call me J Money Billionaire or just Billionaire. Uh, this guy, Tom Bill You, is actually a billionaire. He's actually a billionaire. So he's someone who's been very successful. Uh, and now he has a company called Impact Theory. And that's where I actually discovered him was on his podcast he does for Impact Theory or called Impact Theory. And th- it was actually only a few years ago when I discovered who he was. And I listened to him for a while and then kind of trail- tailed off a little bit. But then once I got back on Twitter a few months ago, I started diving back into a lot of his content, followed him on Twitter. Uh, I've been listening to a lot of his more recent episodes. So I guess back to the question, are you related to Tom Bilyeu? No, I'm not related to him. Uh, however, I, I am a big fan. I think he's doing some awesome work. I think he does some really interesting work with his impact theory. And yeah, so highly encourage anyone listening to go check out his stuff. But to, uh, to summarize, no, we have the same last name. And it is, I don't think it's that common of a last name. It seems seems pretty rare to me. I haven't, I haven't actually met anyone else who's also has the last name Bill Yu. Of course, I have seen them. Obviously, Tom Bill Yu. I've seen a few other people on Facebook. Um, but it's not that common of a name. But despite having the same last name, we are not related. All right. And that will do it for this episode of Fake Facts, Real Answers. Uh, as always, please have a great week, uh, whatever, well, whatever day you're listening to this on uh, should be out on a Friday. So have a great weekend if you are listening to this on Friday. And as always, remember, design more, despair less. Thanks for listening. <laughs>